Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Charlie, I got a story for you today. In preparation for this podcast, I had a little bit of coffee left in my previous coffee cup because I always swap it to the Business and Investing coffee cup. And you'll notice that coffee is very top to the brim. You're making me nervous with how full that coffee cup is and all the equipment I know you've got on the desk to run this podcast. Well, I got caught in a trap. So I had some coffee left over from my other coffee cup. And I'm like, do I pour this out or do I pour it in and put more coffee on top? And I pushed the button on my Nespresso's pod machine. And I'm like, oh, come on, stop, 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 stop. You definitely pour some of that out. That That is too much. No, because then it's going to drip down the side and then it's going to impact the look of our logo. And I was just, it was traps all around. And I'm just sitting there, like, I got no idea what's going on. So I just committed to it. But you know what is not a trap, Charlie? Tell me. Our email newsletter. So if anyone's listening to this and you want to get notified every single time we drop one of these episodes, head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your name and email, and we will notify you every single time we drop one and it won't be a trap. Let's cue your disclaimer, Charlie. It's Charlie here from Business and Investing, and I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. Grant, I tell you what, season two, you have leveled up the introductions, my friend. Damn straight. 40 hours a week into intros. Woo! I still get more emails about people loving our intros than I do the actual podcast content. content. So <laughs> Maybe I just have a YouTube channel of intros. That'll be it. It's like Grant Shorts. It would be amazing if when we're finished with this podcast, however long that is, right, and we just chop out every intro and maybe when we're like 80, we'll just watch them. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, important topic today. Important topic. Sometimes the universe gives me signs, Grant. Who we can't hear. We are. The universe, it speaks to me. Now, across this week, I've had <laughs> uncorrelated conversations. And what I mean is like I'll speak to someone in the morning, maybe someone I'm mentoring, and then I'll speak to someone in the afternoon or maybe I'm catching up with a friend who, who's got a business. And there's no way these two people know each other. None. Different industries, doing different things, but I'll just see the same thing. And, and when that happens, I kind of feel like the universe is saying, Charlie, you need to, you need to watch this. And you need to pay attention to this because this is going to come up for you. All right. So what is it? The um, reticular uh, activating system or whatever it is, you start to see it everywhere. Yep. All right. So what's been coming up for me in the last week is um, money traps. All right. Elaborate. Okay. So what I've seen in numerous, numerous uncorrelated uh, conversations this week is where people have set themselves up in a situation where they need money, right? This is the core. They need money. And um, that may be true or just a belief, right? It might be true or untrue, but they believe it. And the outcome of their need of money is I then watch them make incredibly poor decisions when it comes to running their business. So they've created a money trap, a huge money trap. This is deep. <laughs> No, we're going for the throat on this one. What's good to say? No, way, way to start at eight AM on a Sunday morning, Charlie. This is great. 
Wait, you don't think about this at 8 a.m. <laughs> on a Sunday morning? And to be clear, I was thinking about this at 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning on my walk. <laughs> I love it. Always going for the soft stuff. All right, well, as many of the listeners would know, is like I've recently moved to Melbourne and I would say I've become quite the apartment connoisseur. I find myself very interested in apartments and what they are. The sommelier. Yeah. He's like me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's like a fine wine. <laughs> But I've been looking at some of these apartments and like there was one that um, I've looked at, which I think I sent you to, you know, the ridiculous one on the Yarra. Oh, I know. Yeah. Anyway, I've thought about buying it a few times. And the thing that has prevented me from doing it is I go, if you buy that apartment, it is going to create a money trap for you like no other. It's going to put a huge amount of pressure on you to earn money, right? Which can have some positives. Sometimes when people create a money trap, it's good. It gets them a little bit fired up, but you can- Definitely take that too far, and then the outcome is that you start making incredibly poor decisions in business because everything becomes about the short term of making sure you've got money today instead of playing a longer-term game in business. And it gets even worse when you go and buy something like you're just referring to because the pain becomes so much more severe over such a long period of time, and it's just more difficult to wheel it back. <laughs> and I won't name these people, but uh, these are the ones I see quite commonly uh, and I'll go on to a few examples here. Is like I have a friend who's growing a fantastic business. I love the business. Um, to grow that business, they need to put on a lot of people. It's a heavy headcount business. Now, investing in the people to do that is costing him a lot of money. But the other side of that is he's got, um, how can I put it, quite a status-driven friendship group. So he decided to buy a new car while growing this business. And let me put it this way: He didn't buy a Toyota Corolla. No, I was going to say, I'm like, I've got this smirk on my face because I know, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, uh, you know who it is, I, and I'm sure like, you've picked it up right away as I've said it. A, a car, Charlie, not like an art piece, but yes, it's a luxury goods. It ain't a car. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an art form, but yes. Right, now, now I'm watching him scramble. I'm watching this where it's like he's literally assessing staff members, and there might be someone really good who's an A player. I'm just using round numbers who wants 150 grand a year. But he's looking at this now saying, well, I'm only going to hire the person that wants 120 because I need the profit. I, I need to extract that. Yeah, totally. So I'm like, you're, and again, I, I didn't say this to him, that I, but I kind of wanted to, but this is me being gentle, Grant. This is me actually emotionally caring about others. I'm like, are you, are you sure you want to make that decision? Like maybe reconsider like the value of an A player. Like it, it might cost you 30 grand, but that might make you an extra 100 grand a year. Yep. And um, let's just say it didn't, didn't wasn't well received. They weren't in a position to do that. I also, and I must admit this, on uh, after the catch-up, the first thing that went through my mind, and this is me as a horrible person, I should totally start a business in this niche. He started <laughs> making terrible decisions. If I just simply play the long-term game here and not play short-sighted, I'm going to smash him. I win. <laughs> to your point, though, it's not uncommon. Like, it is... It- We've talked about the idea of like buying too much house, which then puts the pressure and the necessity on making the decisions in your business that aren't right because you have that desperation. Whether and we've spoken about like whether it's pulling on clients you shouldn't, whether it's and actually I'll let you continue on this point because I know you got some great points on it before I steal them all. Yeah, stealing all my points, and I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to going to go into this next one. Unfortunately, like I have some family in this position right now where they've just got too much house. They're wanting to, uh, they're in their later years, they're wanting to retire and left way too much house. And now instead of enjoying other aspects of their life, it's become a really messed up psychology. 
but it doesn't just happen to business owners. This happens to uh, everyday people as well who PAYGs or whatever their status is, right? But it's like this whole environment of creating a money trap, which I will preface is the only reason I am good at seeing money traps today is because I was the master of creating them for myself. You've lost a couple of feet and legs in the process. Well, if anyone's seen photos of me, I've also like lost limbs and body weight because of it from the stress. <laughs> Let's not get to the hair, Charlie. Uh, actually, that's probably the biggest symptom is the hair. Well, let's go to another one. For many people, a huge one for me was when I found out Bianca was pregnant. When I suddenly felt responsible for a child, my need for money went through the roof and the outcome I created was to work my face off. I worked incredibly hard. I played short-sighted. And even now I can look back on uh, that nine-month period of pregnancy, some of the worst short-term decision-making I've made. Did I make money? Yes. Did I leave probably four times that money on the table through playing shorthanded? Absolutely. But that is the piece, the opportunity cost that a lot of people don't see is when you are playing from a position of, I don't want to use the, the whole position of power, but when you're playing from a position of choice, not necessity. So it's like I get to versus I need to. That's when your business will represent the place that you're coming from. Right, where if you need to bring on another client because you need the money to pay for the bills typically outside of the business, that's when your decisions are clouded to the point that you're going to justify any client to yourself because of the desperation to get out of a tough situation. As opposed to if you weren't in that difficult financial situation outside of the business, it's like, well, I'm actually, I know this client's going to be more work, less profit, like it's just going to be a nightmare. I'm just going to say no to them because there is minimal impact that that's going to have on my personal life or outside of the business. All right, well, and I want to use an example of this, Grant. Are you ready? All right, okay. How many people have you hired in the last week? <laughs> Five. Okay. How much a year in just generalized terms have you just increased our expenses? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, 160-ish, okay. I just thought it was more than that. I was, inc- uh, I was including someone else that you kind of oh, hired yes. and started in November no, yeah, as well. Yeah, it'd be over 200 grand. <laughs> Yes, good point. This is why you don't do the accounts, by the way. I trust you with a lot of things. Who wants a job? You want a job, you want a job. If you look under your seat right now, there's an envelope that says you got a job. You ain't getting the CFO position. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, That type of maths is the type of thing that will get you fired in a CFO position. I just had one person that I forgot about, Charlie. It's fine. Right. So let's just say, let's look at this here. Essentially, you've created an environment where you felt it's safe to blow out our payroll. Yes. Right. Now, if you bought way too much house or you had a very expensive lifestyle and just bought an art collection car or luxury good car, right, would have prevented you from making those moves. Yeah. So what if there's this whole layering business that gets ignored in such a powerful way that it's like, what if you set yourself up to create an environment where you felt safe to make the longer-term plays. We call that utopia. It is. And to your point, it's the get-to. Like, I'm excited with these hires to see what happens here. I concur to it. I have one question for you, though. And, and I want to, because I want to refine on this as well. So for you, you are on the other side of finance, pure financial freedom, where essentially the utopia that most business owners are running towards 
right? Which is, well, okay, I get to do anything. Like I don't have to run a business. I don't have to do these games. I, I call myself work optional, by the way. <laughs> work optional. That's great. Put that on a business card. So as you are now work optional, like it, it's significantly easier for you because it's like, well, okay, well, even a terrible client will just be like, no, it's not going to happen. But when you were getting up to that point, how did you play that? Like, because there would have been this, well, I need to, or I would like to invest in something outside of the business, whether it's investment property or other investment options. Um, and that will unnecessarily put pressure on the business to earn in order to do that, plus living expenses, et cetera. Right? Like, how did you navigate that versus how you would navigate that if you were in that situation again today? So that's a really good question. And I'm going to throw in a little something. Maybe the reason that I've been able to create this type of financial uh, win in my life or be in this financial place is because I work this out. That's my point. That's my question. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. My, uh, to be clear, when I was in a place of need of money, right, I was making short, and I referenced this already here, I was making short-term decisions, making short-term actions, just trying to get the bills paid today. Very evidently, I'll just use one example. I would take on a client who wasn't a perfect fit, it would then take twice as much to service them on the back end because they're not a perfect fit. They would also need twice as much support to uh, use the service because they're not a perfect fit. Right? And then there was always scope creep to make sure that what we were delivering could actually work in our Frankenstein model. Because they would have a perfect fit. Yeah. So like, if you want a fast way to screw up a business, it's and they, oh, they also have a high refund rate and a high churn rate because they're not a good fit. What yeah. a surprise. So if you're running, and this doesn't matter if you're a product or service, right, in the info game or in the restaurant game, if you sell the wrong people, it doesn't go well. So when you a need for money and you see money and you try and sell everything, like I recognize that I'm the problem. So after taking on this mentality and just looking at it going, it is costing me a fortune to service the wrong quality clients. So in the case of some, it's costing us money to service them. They're literally, we're paying them to do their work. I'm like, how dumb is this? You also don't get the reviews, you don't get the referrals, or you don't get the celebrations. Uh, anyone who follows me on social media now will see the types of crazy results we post from the ad agency and the amount of FOMO I put out in the world because I just sell people that are a perfect fit. <laughs> Completely. Right. So how is the next thing? So after the, the awareness hit me pretty hard, that's like, this isn't going to get me to where I want to go. If I keep playing this short-term game, keep operating from this place of needing money and just selling anyone, I'm never going to make it to financial independence. Right, so I had to change the trajectory. So step one was creating enough of a buffer in the business where I could start to play, let's say, a medium-term game. Right, so the first step was actually letting go of clients that weren't a perfect fit, which you were here for. You were well and truly remember that phase oh, of, I remember. of media. Uh, how fun is it when you jump on a call with someone and just say, hey, uh, this, is, this isn't working out? It is, yeah. It's like, sorry, it's, it's a no from us. And then how much they actually want to stay? <laughs> like, Wait, how can I change? How can I be better at this? I won't name them again because I love them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of these are my friends. Uh, completely. It's not that they're bad people. It's literally that it just did not fit into the business model. And unfortunately, these are things, the decisions you need to make as a business owner. Psychologically, it is so hard to fire someone or let go of a client who is paying you when you need money because you're actually like getting rid of money. Completely. 
and that can be so hard to get at the time. And you have to have belief in yourself that you can go and sell new people or find those right clients, which can be really difficult when you're in that circumstance because when you take on people that are the wrong fit for your business and they get a very subpar result because they're the wrong fit, it can also lead you to think your product is actually crappy. Oh, great point. Yeah, because yes. it's like, why would you be confident in selling new people when these are the crappy results you've got for people? Yeah, that- it's like no one's coming to you celebrating going, oh, hey, Charlie, Grant, you guys just doubled our sales in like the last couple of months. Like you're not getting those wins, which means you're going, wait a second, is am I the problem here? Is it everything that I'm doing? I don't know how to be successful in this. Hugely so. That is interesting. I will also stack on another layer that you touched on, which is like the big game changer for myself was the emergency fund. So I've, I've covered it on the podcast many times before around how every time I would load up like six figures in a bank account, I'd go essentially throw it at another business, whether it's investing in another software company, whether literally it was anything that loaded up in a bank account, I would just straight back into another business. Exactly. Yeah. When I looked at it and I said, okay, well, continuing to get to some kind of infinite scale, so it's always recruit, 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 and cash is bad, or invest in other businesses, cash is bad. Second, I started going, oh, you know what? I need at least 12 months of living expenses in a bank account because then I'm not forced to make decisions because any situation I know I've got the skill set to get myself through. Like if, if it turned out that the business model was terrible, I had to get rid of all bad clients or all clients, and I had to get rid of all team, and I had to start again. Do I back myself that in 12 months... I could like recreate it or in six months, can I recreate it? And the answer is 110% yes. I go, okay, well now I'm not playing from that position of have to or need to, I get to, which means it's like, well, there's minimal downside here. That's the magic. So you have to rewire this in a, a different way. So to get to your, like to, you know, forward my story here, like eventually you get to the place where you have an emergency fund you don't have anyone who's the wrong fit in your business Mm. and like you consider that ground zero. So let's just say it's a hundred grand sitting in a bank account in this example for easy math. You have to change your thinking to that's an emergency fund to that's a, I don't need to make short term decision fund. Yeah. I don't need to take on a terrible client fund. My no desperation fund. Yeah. And that is the magic of it. Is it worth, and I've thought about this numerous times because (laughs) sometimes people uh, we've discussed buffers on this podcast before, and people say that my uh, potentially I'm a little bit conservative. I'll leave that here on it there. But if I have in this example 100 grand in a bank account, and that prevents me from taking on short term decision making, and I just take on long term plays, that might just be the best return on 100 grand I've ever got. Totally. It, I would actually argue it probably is. <laughs> it's not a dollar figure present, like it'll never present itself as this is the money you made. I would argue, yes. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. But, but inflation, Charlie, it's eroding away. Completely. But that is where the emotional slash financial feedback is. It's not a one-to-one, right? Like the decisions that you're forced to make because you're desperate will never show up on a P&L. Like it will never show up as so obvious on a P&L. It's not like, Charlie, the reason that you have 2x or 3x to your revenue is because you didn't make desperate decisions. It doesn't show up like that. Everyone's like, oh, we're really good at sales and marketing, <laughs> right? It's not like, oh, well, you had financial buffers, which means that you weren't desperate to take on clients, which means you said no to people. Like that just, that feedback doesn't show up, which is why 
being on the other side is so obvious now, but making the mistakes along the way was the only way that it kind of presented itself. So I feel like this is one of the secrets. If you don't set yourself a money trap and need, start making better long-term, higher profit decisions for the business, even if it's just not servicing the wrong clients. Being able to go, well, I know we're not going to grow this month, but I'd rather not grow than take on something that's a bad fit. Or another example, Grant, you've witnessed us do this in the last little bit. There's a client we're trying to land in the ad agency right now. And it's, um, I've been able to go, we'll give you a free month just to prove ourselves. Yep. We don't need the money today. I can go, do you know what? I can lose money on this account in the first month just to show them how good we are and win the account. Yep. I couldn't do that if I need money. Exactly. Outside of a pure desperation. Where it's like, he's like, oh my gosh, this is the only way I'm going to be able to pull on a client. Yeah, what a, what a power offer, by the way, is like, oh, oh, I do love doing this, where it's like, let's say someone's working with an ad agency already, and I'll say, I'm happy to go head-to-head with your current agency for free. Let me happy prove to you why I can smash the cover off them right now, but after that, you come across to us. The written rule, the, the, the Charlie move. It's a power offer. We, we, should, we should give it some kind of cool name. By the way, for anyone listening to this podcast, I'm happy to go head to head with your current agency. <laughs> Shameless plug. I've got no money. I've got no money traps here. I'm in. I will fight your current agency to the death to win you as a client. As, as long as I want to work with you. As long as you're a nice person. Just be nice to me. Yeah, as long as you're the right fit for the agency. As to the point <laughs> of this here, I don't just shamelessly fight in any niche, but to that totally point. I, so the, the emergency fund, shoot. Like I... I've thought about this a couple of times, right? And going back to when I first started business, um, and I think a lot of business owners will align to this. The step number one was how do I recreate the income that I was earning doing a similar job as an employee within the business? And that's almost like, well, if you can't continue doing that, well, your fallback's pretty obvious. Go get a job, (laughs) right? Go and get a job, build up your emergency fund, and maybe go again, take the swing of the bat because there were just some things you, you missed. And so once I'd gotten over that hurdle and then made a lot of my take profits, invest elsewhere, then I'd put and built an emergency fund in. So great, earning more than I was as an employee. Second, had an emergency fund. Third, then I was, the third step that I was looking at was then going, okay, what is the next steps that I want to take to level up from where the business is now to like the the next stage? Whether that's a, revenue goal, whether that's a time investment, maybe I want to work less hours. It it changes for everybody, but that was almost like the next step of what is it going to cost me to go from where I am now to sort of the next level up. And you touched on this really interesting point around someone hiring a whole heap of people in order to sort of scale their business. And it's a huge capital cost. By the time you hire someone, it's going to take two to three months to get them to a some kind of <clears throat> ROI positive state. Just again, you're still not winning me on you being the CFO. Right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. But like that, I then need to go, if I'm going to make that move outside of my personal emergency fund, I need, I need a business emergency fund because I need to train these people. I need to get them to some point of profitability. And that logical next step is where I know you and I think about. It. It's like, well, if we're going to hire these five, six people that we did in the last week, we need to have that cash in a bank account to support their onboarding and training just in case it doesn't work out. And if it does work out, we need to make sure that we've got the demand to feed them. And it's a very logical next step, next step where we're not bending our houses on it. 
we're well, not using example there because you're, be, you're being a touch ambiguous, right? All right. So when we hire a new employee or we look at it, whatever their salary or uh, cost of them would be uh, across three months, that's what we set aside and say we're happy to burn this. So if someone costs a hundred thousand dollars a year as an employee, we will put twenty five thousand dollars in a bank account and say I'm happy to light this on fire if it doesn't work out. Exactly, and it it will never risk anything that we're currently doing. Like it's, but that's the exact example of creating an environment where it's safe to make a long term decision. Yeah, where the it's like, what's the potential upside? What's the potential downside? Can we live with the downside? And our point's always okay. Well, if that is the downside, well, it was the greatest investment that we possibly could have done. And then we stop and reassess and go again. But we're never betting emergency fund, never betting our personal houses, never betting our investments or anything outside of the business just to make those swings because there is no desperation. It's like we don't need to double in six months. We don't need to double in three months. It's just we get to grow at the rate that we would like to grow. Have you ever done that with hiring before? Or is that a new thing that we've brought in? I have. So in software world, I've raised a lot of money and I put it a lot of it into the team. And you and we manage the thing that we call burn. And when, when you look at the cash that you've got in a bank account and the employees that you bring on, you're like, well, how, how big is our burn and how long is our runway, which would be like a 12-month runway. Um, so I have, but not to the extent of how do you take extract out profits and put that away and then go again. So slightly different. Is I only learn by trial by fire, don't I? I must say, I, this is the first time I've been uh, more intentional with that. Is your intention behind growth, like the greatest way to articulate like our growth sort of over the last 12 months and so has been like it's been this step, very specific step growth. It's great. Do we want to grow a little bit more? Yes. Very logical. How many clients do we need? How many team? How much team do we need? Is it in place to support the new clients? Let's step. The next is like, okay, what's next? And it's very logical to make sure that we don't take risks that aren't necessary. Frankly, it's the theme of this episode. I don't want to create a trap where we end up in a situation where we have to make subpar decisions because I'm convinced those subpar decisions are the danger in a lot of businesses. The reason why people don't have what they want today in a lot of cases, I've seen this many times uh, now, is because you look, there was a need for money at some point they made subpar decisions, they set a trap, and then that just compounds and creates knock-on effects where their business never gets to a place where it can actually be great. Totally. I think you hit this great point before as well. Some of the greatest business owners that you and I know actually can thrive and flourish, like kill in their industries if they just remove this money trap, whether it's like luxury goods outside of the business or otherwise. Or like this insane, just infinite scale. Like, I'm just going to grow. I'm going to like 10x this month. It's like, okay, well, if you just make everything a little bit more logical, like you would be the greatest business owner, but that's the one thing you just need to remove. And I just see it repetitively. I just go, "That's that's it. And then you'll be an absolute savage. I will put one more point because sometimes, again, I only realized I was of money traps once I was already in one. We talk about the getting out of them and things that come with them. If you're someone that's in a money trap right now, I would just really strongly encourage you reduce lifestyle costs, get that buffer in place, make the move so you can work your way out of it. Like the way, um, the way through the trap is not by taking on more short-term decisions. Right? Sure. Many people will try and like, or oh, if I just work a bit harder for a bit longer, I'll be able to you know make enough and put it aside, and that might be true. But I, I look at it and go, it's just a smarter decision to. 
wean back some expenses elsewhere and uh, do be more aggressive in your savings rate through other measures to be able to get there quickly. And then once you start getting some momentum out of this short-term stuff, it's like, well, I have experienced this, but like I was quite overweight at one point um, from poor health and lifestyle decisions from business, which probably related to a money trap now that I think about it. But I was not going to bring it up. I was letting you bring it up. Yeah, because I was working too much. I didn't look after my health because I was needed to earn. <laughs> but anyway, um, the point being is like if you for anyone who's ever been overweight or had to lose some weight, if you've got to lose 10 kilos, you don't just feel better at the end of the 10 kilos. It's like when you lose a couple of kilos, it starts to become addictive and fun. So as you start making long-term decisions in your business and you get to experience the rewards from them, which does can take some time, you'll become addicted to it and it's the only game you want to play. Mm. You won't want to play short-term games. And when things pop up and it's like, that's short-term, you'll start to negate away from it. It's naturally. And just like, what is it? The Matrix, the girl in the red dress, you just start seeing these red dresses everywhere. There's just other people making these decisions. You know what? It could actually, this could actually create a tidal wave, Charlie. It's just all the business owners just going, hey, Charlie, is that a money trap? Like, are you sure you're making the decision for the right moves based on where you want to get to? Or are you just trapping yourself? Got to end those money traps. Got anything else on this, Grant? Do we want to wrap this one up? No, let's wrap this one up. That was absolutely awesome. If you're listening to this and you want to get notified every single time we drop one of these episodes, I got something for you. I'm that type of hookup. Head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your name and email and we will notify you every single time one of these episodes drop. Just want to say thank you to you, Charlie. Thank you to everyone who's listening to this. We'll catch you on the next episode of Business and Investing.